Welcome everybody. So today I'd like to welcome Michael Banks to the show. He is, uh, he's involved in coaching, facilitating and training executives and managers in leadership, communication and emotional intelligence skills. So welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> okay. And you're coming, you're broadcasting all the way from uh, Norfolk, aren't you? That's right. The, uh, the little village of Brook, which is just south of uh, Norwich. Okay. Um, near the broads. Oh, lovely. Near the beaches. Yeah, yeah. Which in this, in this weather is a good thing. I bet, I bet it's lovely up there, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, we're the foremost of the show. It's basically got three segments, which, um, first of all, if you just sort of tell us a bit about yourself, your story, how you got to be where you are today, and then also, secondly, um, you know, what sort of service you're offering, how you can help people and so on. And, uh, and thirdly, then we just go into and look at um, marketing, how you're marketing yourself. For instance, I know you're connected with this uh, People Smart uh, organization, you know, about that, and also look at um, your internet assets, their internet assets, and so on. So, um, well, do you want to start by just um, telling a bit about your story, how you got to be where you are today? Yes. How long have I got? Probably about quarter hour 20 minutes oh, okay <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> up to it's, so it's I, I once uh, i once back in london about 40 years ago i met a psychic i was recommended to a to a psychic owen potts was his name and one of the many things he said is that uh, my life would be split into a number of different chapters distinctive chapters so uh, when you asked me to talk about myself and how i got here um it could take, there's a long version and short version. The short version. <laughs> <laughs> the, the short version. Start um, with the short and then we can expand if there's uh, yeah, anything that's uh, particularly interesting. Just tell me if I'm going into too much okay. detail. All right. All right. So anyway, um, I went to an English boarding school. Okay. Public school, which is a complete misnomer because it's, it's private, right? That's right, yeah. Um, and it was a nightmare and I was traumatized. <laughs> You know, back then it was the late 60s. And um, then uh, I decided that I didn't like capitalism either. So no. I went to university. I studied English language and literature. I did a postgraduate in education. Mm -hmm. um, I taught as a substitute teacher at Blackheath Girls School in London. Okay. But I was expelled after seven weeks. Right. <laughs> and I had to clear my name with the Inner London Education Authority. Um, but I wanted to stay in education. I mean, I thought, well, yeah. if I don't like capitalism, I better stay in some form of education. Yeah. Um, so after my postgraduate year, um, instead of going to Thailand, which I was scheduled to do for two years to teach 18 to 21 year old Thai women how to speak okay. English. Yeah. Um, at the age of 22, that was me. Yeah. Um, I decided I fell in love and I decided to stay in London. Yeah. And, um, that summer of 77, um, I thought, well, I need a summer job at least. Yeah. So uh, I ended up at Peckham Adventure Playground. Okay. On the North Peckham Estate, which at the time was probably the worst slum area in London. Right. The highest child delinquency, the highest mugging rate, the highest this, that and the other. It was a modern slum. And uh, I was given a job by Willie Goodwillie. Who was, uh, who was an absolutely brilliant guy. And I met him last week for the first time in 41 years. Wow. With his wife, Jill. Um, totally uneducated, 
formerly. Mm-hmm. Uh, very poor background from Scotland and absolutely brilliant with people. Very intelligent guy, lovely man. So he gave me a job working with Jamaican youth, uh, actually kids from five to 21. I learned a lot about how you could uh, influence people, get along well, build rapport because you had to, so your car didn't get broken into. Um, and there were knives around in those days, not guns, thank God. Yeah. Um, but still scary stuff. Mm. And um, so after two years of that, Willie left and I took over. And it was considered the number one adventure playground in, in the whole of London, 123 of them. Okay. And I worked with the Jamaican youth primarily, 13 to 21. Yeah. Um, I started uh, not on my own, but as a team, we started a literacy center. Yeah. Lo- a, a local newspaper called the Peckham Pulse. Okay. Uh, kind of community newspaper. Um, so I did that for three years. And uh, I then kind of got burned out because if you, you're in that environment and, and going to work every day, there's sort of not in my stomach. The, the fear factor about, well, what could happen today? Yeah. You know, um, but I was very proud of the fact that my car was the only car never broken into. Right. I had, my rapport skills were obviously good enough that, yeah. that, that the word went out, you don't touch Michael Banks's car. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's <laughs> out, of, out of limits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was great. Um, I remember the day that uh, there was a 10-speed bicycle that was stolen from the, the adventure playground. And the oldest of the Jamaican youth, uh, Wayne, was 21 years old. He came up to me and he used to wear a cap. And he looked down at me and went, now worry, man. Me I go and fix it. And so he went off and within 10 minutes, the bicycle came back to the playground fully intact. <laughs> he, you know, he's a bit of a sort of godfather figure amongst yeah, the yeah. Jamaican youth there. Anyway, I did that. Then I thought, well, I'm going to go and trek around the Americas for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I could do that, I met someone who'd been on a self-realization seminar called exegesis exeg i've heard of it yes i mean yeah, i never really actually cool. did it because i always uh found the idea terrifying but i did something else called est which was going oh uh, yeah very um, similar yeah i think exegesis it's, it's oh. like a sort of english version isn't it yeah well exegesis was actually the guy who started it robert daubeny worked with Werner Earhart, who founded est okay and robert was actually training to be the first person after werner to lead the S seminars, but he thought, no, I'm going to start my own thing in the UK. Yes, I thought he was probably influenced by S, yeah. Yeah, it was very similar. Okay. Um, And he ended up (laughs) for three days running on the front page of the the Sun, or was it the Mirror? (laughs) One of the two. Um, And, you know, headlines were like brainwashing cult and all that. Of course, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, So... I did this uh, self-realization seminar in 1918. It just blew me away. It was incredible. Okay. And so then I started, Robert invited me to actually uh, lead these seminars. Oh, okay. Train to lead them. Okay. So more education, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is the theme that gone through my life up to that. Yeah. Um, and, but I ended up not, not doing that. Right. Um, I ended, we formed a group of companies and uh, we had nine companies in the end and one of them was Programs Training Limited. So we used to have this amazing, am, am I going into too much detail? 
Um, as long as you finish in about five or ten minutes. Five or ten minutes. Yeah, maybe, maybe sort of speed up a bit. I, yeah. I better speed up a bit. Anyway, <laughs> programs training limited. We yeah. we were our own laboratory or uh, experimental uh, place for creating the ideal work environment, and okay, then companies okay. cottoned on to the fact we had something going for us. Mm. The fact that all our employees were happy, uh, mostly happy and energized in yeah. England in the eighties. Mm -hmm. This is weird, but we want some of it. Anyway, yeah. I, I became a senior trainer. Um, I did a designed a program for Lufthansa uh, called Effective Communication in the Workplace and so on. And yeah. so. I left in 88. I took a year off and moved to San Francisco, Mill Valley, yeah. uh, San Francisco, across the Golden Gate Bridge in 89. In, September. Okay. in fact, I was there three weeks before the earthquake, um, the big earthquake then. So I had two phone numbers and two names and I started from nothing. Right. And one thing led to another. I ended up, uh, my first big client was American Express. Express. Okay. And I became an expert in team building. Right. Um, but so I was in the corporate world. I joined yeah. the capitalist world. Yeah, yeah. But I was still in education. Um, yeah. And I got to go all over the world and, and worked a lot in New York and I... Um, I did a lot of executive team work in Japan and Singapore and oh. Hong Kong, Europe. So it was fantastic. And in 1996, I joined a company called KRW International, um, Fred Keel and Catherine Williams, who were considered by most people to be the number one executive coaching firm in America. They right. were pioneers in the field. And uh, we, we were, you know, I was building an empire. I was earning a lot of money, uh, you know, fancy cars, fancy holidays, mm. a lot of prestige, miserable marriage, big house on the Hudson River. Uh, but, you know, a, a miserable life in many ways. Which is ironic because you were, in a way, you were sort of training people how to, well, at least function more effectively. To not yeah, it was all coaching. I was, I was doing yeah. coaching. Yeah. Uh, essentially coaching corporate leaders, you know, C-level people at Amex and Goldman Sachs. Yes, but it wasn't, uh, you weren't sort of teaching people how to lead happy, fulfilled lives. It's more about how to function more effectively. Well, funny, actually, funny enough, it was. And, you know, people used to say to me, what do you what do? You do? Yes. And I said, I don't tell the CEO this and I don't tell the head of HR, but I help people to become better human beings. Right. Okay. So... Um, you know, based on the idea that, you know, if you go through a lot of painful experiences yourself and you're half awake and you learn from them, yes. you're, you're then well qualified to help other people who go yes. through similar challenges. Right. So, um, yeah. So, so anyway, it all fell apart. Okay. We were about to be bought. I was about to become really wealthy because one of four public companies chasing us, um, we finally decided to be bought. Yeah. And 9-11 happened. We almost went under. I took no pay. And at the same time, the marriage completely fell apart. And suddenly I went from wealthy to the absolute op opposite. Right. Absolutely penniless. Yes. Um, and very happy. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I rediscovered or discovered even just the how important community was. Yeah. Uh, friendships relationships and I got off the treadmill the treadmill yeah. of you know money 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 billing 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 the clients and all that mm. um, I'm gonna fast forward now in the interest of time 
Okay. But, um, so I went off on my own by 2005. Yeah. I was living all the time in America. I lived there 28 years. Yes. Um, and then um, I had a kidney failure in 2013. Yeah. The transplant in 2014. Yeah. Um, my, from, your, from your wife. Yeah. Well, actually, she's not technically. She's my no, partner. partner. We've been together for 15 years, but she right. donated one of her kidneys um, to me in 2000. Which you actually, you actually wrote a book about that, didn't you? Um, I did. It's called uh, Got a Kidney. Yeah. That's and also you were on um, TV, weren't you? On the, on, on, on the, the right, right stuff. stuff. Yeah, Matthew Wright. I was on the right yeah, stuff. Where you were talking about uh, that experience and promoting, um, changing the law, I think, so uh, to do with the kidney donor card. So That's it's right. like, out rather than opt-in, yeah. So I did a lot of BBC interviews as well. Loads okay. of BBC. Uh, Have you got them? Did you, did, did you capture them all? Onto, did you record uh, them all? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, okay, I, I them on, that, on my website, www.gotakidney.com. Okay, uh, because you don't link, we'll get onto that then, because you, that's not linked to from your LinkedIn profile, because I was trying to find out ah, about all your websites. But yeah. uh, we can get onto that in the next section, but or the okay. more after. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, go, go uh, ahead. So, uh, yeah, so I had the kidney transplant and, uh, you know, it's, it's been quite a struggle in some ways because recovery takes a long time and it changes the body. Um, also, financially, I couldn't work for quite a while. Really? Uh, that didn't help uh, financially. Yeah. But, um, I'm at a point now, I came back from America after 28 years, as I said before. Uh, about three years ago, and um, I'm here, and I do a lot of, uh, do all kinds so of stuff. So mostly in America for 28 years? Yes. So it's amazing you didn't pick up any of the accent? I well, mean, I do say guess. gas. But what? I say gas. Gas, okay. <laughs> and I, I say, um, uh, my T's are D's mainly. Okay. All right, I mean, it, but I don't sound American, but I don't sound 100% English. Well, I, I would have said you're, I mean, we haven't talked really? about gas yet, but uh, pretty oh. much I would have uh, thought you were 100% English, yeah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Maybe it's, uh, I know that while I was out there, it, after a while I got to, it, you, you could detect that it wasn't 100% normal right. English. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe it's gone back. Maybe it's yeah, living maybe. in Norfolk. Maybe. Because, you know, what do they say in Norfolk? Norfolk's a really weird accent. It's yes. It's hard to uh, to mimic. It is. Um, well, you're right then. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit sort of like West Country as well. It's just, yeah, it is, it's isn't it? Of, it's ironic, that isn't it? Yeah, a lot of farmers around. It's a lot of farmland. Mm. So you know. But anyway, so today what I'm doing is all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm writing a lot of articles. I've got two podcast series. Um, one is uh, my pet, my baby, the heroic journeys from crisis to transformation. Yeah, uh, I've got the business podcast series, Leadership Luminaries. Yeah, um, as I said, I do a lot of writing. I do keynotes. Um, I was in Bratislava in November. Uh, is that in the Czech Republic? Or? Actually, it's um, Bratislava is uh, Slovakia. Slovakia, okay. It's, it's, it's yeah, the old. The old and yeah. Uh, okay. so I was working with Lenovo, the the computer company. I was, but I was doing a three-day leadership program for three, uh, about 23 of their executives, Yeah, which is, uh, which is great, you know. And uh, so I do a whole bunch of stuff. 
Um, but, but, but primarily I'm focused on the, on the podcasting and also coaching facilitation okay. yeah, that as well okay all right well let's um let's share my screen and we'll just go over some of your um internet assets and you can talk about what you're doing there uh so uh so is this your site gotakidney.com um it's two t's got a kidney got a got a yes yeah Okay. My, my, I've got to tell you a quick story about this one. My yeah. sister read it and I said, what do you think of it, the book? She said, oh, it's very good. The only thing I didn't like is the fact that you're obviously American. She oh. said all the language was American. Oh, okay. which I, it was a complete uh, revelation to me. I thought I just was writing English, you know. Okay. And interesting, but I suppose America is the bigger market. So... Uh, well, it was also because I, I was living there for so long that all my phraseology was American. Yeah. 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 So though you have the English accent, your actually syntax and grammar and everything you tend yeah. to move to America. Okay. So this is the book and this is basically your story of, um, how you, um, it's yeah, how you faced this kidney disease and what you went through. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Okay. It's a love story as well. I mean, a love story. Yeah. I mean, because of what, uh, in fact, I gave one of the chapters to Karen, yeah, uh, to write from the perspective of being the donor and what she had to face and go through. Okay. Um, because she had a lot of resistance mm. uh, from her family and her friends saying, look, you know, don't... Well, do it's it. a big thing, isn't it, to donate a kidney? Yeah. It's huge. I mean, yeah. uh, there's risk involved and there it's is. scary. Yeah. yeah. She, so she's got a chapter in the book. Okay. Um, and I managed to do it because the, the cover, which is fantastic, I think, Yes. The cover is, uh, was designed by the design team from my friend Vishnu, who I used okay. to play cricket with in, uh, in, in San Francisco. And uh, he's got a publishing company, and he said, Look, I'll do it, I'll get my team on it, and you don't have to pay me a penny. Okay. Uh, I think it's a really cool cover. It if is. You go, if you go back to the website, you can go to that um, press and media. Yeah, media press, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got... Uh, Mike, there you go. Oh, the lights have yeah, I've already seen that. And then yeah. it's got listen to his radio interviews. Okay. Until Starcom Radio. Okay. <laughs> it's it's actually I got invited back again by Ed. Okay. Really well. I think I think the uh, American audience like I'm sort of more well, not more I'm kind of a hybrid. Yes, you are, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, and so also, I noticed that any bargain hunters out there, you can actually pick it up used for thirty-two pence. Amazing! Sounds like I, a bargain to me. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I haven't I haven't looked at this for the last year or so. No. And uh, that is a bargain. <laughs> it's it, the only people that rated it less than five star or four star. Yeah. It's are. Uh, there were two Eng typical, isn't it? English. Right. Uh, no, actually, the, look, what a horrible, selfish, arrogant person. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> but, but these are, the, the, uh, Karen reckons that it's because it's a, it's a, it's a very positive story. Yeah. Even though it's, 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 it's scary as hell to begin with. And, you know, you get told you've got kidney disease. And yeah, yeah. It's very harrowing. Of you know, being on dialysis and that. 
Um, but because it's so positive, and you know, the, the Americans are very positive. Yes. English can be very sort of cynical and skeptical. Um, I think so, yes. And so, uh, and the other thing is that the, I think there's one here who, who uh, was upset with me or, or annoyed that I got the stage four, stage five wrong. Okay. I say at the beginning of the book, this is not a medical. No. Book. So if, if there's, you know, it's not technically right. It's not, that's not the point. Yeah. yeah. All right. So anyway, so that was, you know, that's a sort of one off. That's not really connected with your main career. It's just like you had no. this massive, it's very traumatizing experience. And you wanted to communicate your story to maybe help people who are going through a similar thing. Exactly. And also yeah. as an advocate, I suppose, for the, changing the law to make it like an opt-out, you know, make people more aware of the issue, I suppose. That's exactly right, Keith. And, yeah. and you know, I'll tell you a little story about it. Um, the book ended up in Bhutan, the kingdom of Bhutan. Okay. Um, my dear old friend, Ian, is friends with the, the royal family there. And he yeah. also is friends with a guy who, a young man who started the Kidney Foundation in Bhutan. And so when Ian went over there, he took a copy of the book to his friend, uh, uh -huh. Tashi Namge, I think is his uh -huh. name. And uh, so Tashi really liked it and publicized it. And um, I got a, uh, a text message from a, a young guy in his 20s who was about to face a transplant who had kidney problems. And he said, this was really inspiring reading this. It was really encouraging. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, you know, if, if there is, if I've just affected the life of one person like that, sure. then it was worth doing. Yeah. And I also want to say that I, I made a mistake in two ways. One, it's self-published. Yes. And it wasn't able to get into Waterstones, even though they wanted no. to, so they can't do it. Yeah. Um, the, and other places like the airports. Yeah. The other thing is that um, I didn't do any social media. Right. Promotion. Okay. So yeah. really there was no promotion. No, but it's never too late, is it? So you can well, I thought about uh, getting it published by an official publisher. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought about rewriting. Well, already we're talking about this live on Facebook and YouTube, and it's going to go on LinkedIn, so it will get yeah. some publicity. So, okay. Or something. <laughs> so, um, so, so just going back to your um, other stuff you're doing. So that is your, so you say that is your website. You don't have any website as such yet for your coaching uh, activities, do you? Um, I do, did for many years until just the other day. And okay. I scrapped it. It's, it was, um, okay. I thought this, you know, no, it's redundant. It's part of my past. Okay. Um, and I don't need it. So I've got, I've got a copy of it if I need to revive it. Yeah, well, it's useful, um, yeah. But... Um, my kind of my career has changed a bit. Um, I'm not reliant on the website at all. No, at all. you get a lot I of word of mouth. Um, yeah, it's yeah. always been word of mouth, but even more so now. Um, I use the PeopleSmart um, uh, bio and website. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask you about the PeopleSmart because um, PeopleSmart.fr. Yeah. So this is a collection of different um, consultants. 
Yes, it's about 65 consultants. That's Chris Pether, who's the founder and CEO down there in the uh, intro yeah. just there. She, she and I have worked very closely together. She's a wonderful, amazing human being. Yes. Um, and uh, she actually, um, when I came back from America, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Uh, I'd lost all my network and, you know, I was really starting from scratch. Right. A, friend, a friend of mine introduced me to her and we had a half hour Zoom call. Yeah. And uh, next thing I, I was on a train to Paris mm -hmm. and she said, I'd like you to work with the OECD um, assessing their candidates for the top positions. Okay. And it was amazing. And since then, we, we swan around in conferences. We go to, before the lockdown, even in February, Seville, Budapest. And so I work very closely with her on business development. Right. And, and also then, of course, I've launched this new series, uh, Leadership Luminaries. And I think yes, okay. Know. So let's have a look at that. So yeah. what's, what's the website for that? Um, well, you had it on my link. You had it somewhere. I think you had my LinkedIn okay. profile. It's not here under contact info. It's not, it's, it's not there. It's no. just got your phone, um, email and so on. And Those uh, are my articles there. Some it's of your articles, yeah. Oh, it's just, yes, so it's under here, so is it? Yeah, so that's, that, is a, that is an episode, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so I was just listening to that, so... Uh, oh, really? Well, I didn't finish, I was waiting for you. <laughs> Professor <laughs> David Clutterbuck. Yes, now he's a big, I have heard of him, actually. He's got he's a, a name. He's, he's written, get this, he's written 70, I think at least 70 books. Wow. And I said to him, how the hell do you do that? That's like more yes. than one a year, he said, yeah. or one a year if you started when you were a baby. Yes. Uh, he's, uh, so he's quite a character. That's a, that's a great episode. Um, okay. I just, I'm about to release another episode with Carrie Benedet, who's Australian. And okay. It's, I've got some amazing ones in the can already. That's they're great. really good, they're, but they're sort of businessy oriented under okay. the People Smart umbrella. So corporate leaders and thought leaders share their personal stories of challenge and success and bring yeah. their own particular areas of wisdom and knowledge to bear on what's relevant now. Yeah. Uh, that's great. So uh, if people want to find this, do they just search the podcast uh, for the, those words? Podcast Leadership Luminaries? Yeah. And then that's something different I think isn't it or is it oh no that is the same so that's an advert advert on the click yeah, yeah. Uh, and then either the number one as well so that's great yeah you can you can see it on Apple and Spotify Apple okay. Podcasts and Anchor and there's about eight different uh, platforms okay and so what is the purpose of doing these podcasts the purpose of the podcast is to um, well to educate people, yeah, uh, obviously, um, and to inspire them as well as educate them. Yes. The guests that I choose are in different ways very inspiring and involved in very different projects. Okay. Uh, for example, um, I'll just be very brief because I'm answering yeah. the question. Uh, Sylvia Smetana is the founder of Diversify. She's okay. based in India. She's been yeah. there for years and Diversify is dedicated to promoting women into the C-suite level of board, uh, and board level yeah. of corporations. And um, 
So she's fascinating, doing great work. Esther Stanhope, in the, in the episode with her that's not published either yet, is a former senior BBC producer yeah. who, who's worked personally with George Clooney, Boris Johnson, um, Ab Fab, what's her name? Joanna Lumley. Okay. Uh, Liam Gallagher, uh, Noel Gallagher. Okay. And, and all these people. But yeah, she, yeah. she's an expert on, on speaking. Yes. Getting over your fear of speaking. And she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's very inspiring and lots of practical tips. So I could go on with different examples. But I mean, basically, we're talking about uh, the series is designed to educate, inspire. Yeah. And also to promote the brand of PeopleSmart. Okay. I mean, I was going to say, because obviously there must be some benefit, financial benefit to you and PeopleSmart to, to do this, because obviously it takes up some of your time. Well, it's, it's what it is, Keith, is um, we have a social media strategy now that really was put into full force at the beginning of the lockdown. Yeah. We worked very hard on it um, so that we could have our presence as a company. And I say ours. I'm actually not an employee. No. I'm a freelance. I can do whatever I like. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's such an amazing uh, company. Yes. I just... And I, I, I get so much joy from yeah, doing yeah. the podcast and the, the yeah, articles, yeah. you know, and all that. So anyway. Um, so why do you do it? Um, how do you record these? What software do you use to record these shows? Um, I use, uh, I'm on a MacBook Air. Yeah. And I use uh, Zoom. You use Zoom. So, so you have a Zoom conversation with someone. Yeah. But you only capture, you only use the audio. You don't use the um, video. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, we just had a meeting about that. <laughs> I just, my friend David, who's English, who's in Hungary. Yes. Um, he is, um, his great grandfather was the guy who created the, the word um, dinosaur. No, was it? He, he was the guy at the natural, he, he invented the National History, History Museum. Really? He was a founder. He okay. was a, he was a, for a while, a colleague of Charles Darwin. Okay. Anyway, long story short, David wanted to have a visual, which is a picture of the inside of the Natural History Museum. Yeah. Um, and also to have some slides. And he said, I'd like to do a video. And okay. he's built himself this little studio up in the top of his housey, little house he built. Yeah. Anyway, so we've actually recorded one. And um, we are actually going, I'm going to send it to our tech guy to, yeah. to, as an example of what we can do going forward. Yes. We so, may, so is it going to be a video of you talking to the other person or is it going to be yeah. this, what you, you, you just said? This? Well, it's, it's going to be, it could be anything, me talking to another, just to another yeah. person. Yeah. Or it could be, uh, have some effects. You could add some effects to it. There's different things we could do. We haven't finalized Yes, yeah, so I think, well, so we would start off with the, like the two people talking, but yeah. then you can add effects to it. I mean, I've seen that sometimes when, when videos, if someone says a, a certain point, that's a powerful point, like so when you're talking about, oh, got a kidney, could flash up words on the screen, got a kidney, question mark, or just to <laughs> emphasize, because people need waking up a bit. We need yeah. a bit more sen you know, oomph or sensory overload to grab our attention. So, well, so you are going to start doing them as videos as well, are you? Sure. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Oh, I think uh, it, I don't see why not. I mean, it's it's like you've got it anyway. 
So you don't even need to process it or add effects. It's so easy if you've got it on Zoom, just a couple of clicks and you've got it there on YouTube and, and Facebook. So uh, yeah, I'd go for it. Yeah, well that's, yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I mean, I, always, I aspire to the, the sort of the Joe Rogan scenario or True Geordie or, you know, where they've got their own studios, they're across the dining room. Table. Yes. You know, you bring out the whiskey or the cigar or the- Yeah, yeah. You know, Props. Uh, yeah, what? so he does his on video and audio, doesn't he? Who? Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah, the yeah. Brian, uh, Brian Rose of London Real. London Real, yeah. So it, yeah. May, it just makes sense to, to have it. But then again, this high production value, isn't it? And it's expensive. I mean, you no, know, because you don't need to go into any props or anything. You could just do it like I'm doing. And it's not costing <clears> any extra money just to put it on YouTube and Facebook. So Okay. But they got, yeah, I suppose it's... Uh, when you look at a Joe Rogan interview, you see a sort of a, a brick wall and a, and some fancy gear and. Well, I've just you could <laughs> I just got a screen up behind me, which I like you from my dodgy wallpaper. So you know, well, I like that. Quid, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, well, it's nice to have something neutral. I think to. Uh, otherwise, I'm sort of trying to work out what. But always trying to see what books people have. But the thing about me is I've got, I bought this nice green screen and I can't make it yes. work. Because right. uh, I really, really, really want the green screen. Okay. So that, so that I can put whatever background I want. I, I, I'm not happy having this bookshelf here. Okay. It's not even my books. Right. <laughs> well, it makes you look learned. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I, I am. Yes. Maybe in some ways anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so... So we'll see about the video. I don't know. Okay. Yet. So anyway, so that's one. You've got another podcast as well, haven't you? Yeah, that's my baby. That's the heroic journeys from crisis. Because to this leadership luminaries is is for yes, as you said to promote um, uh, people smart, and yeah. you're also doing one on your own, which I think has it started yet? The other one, or will it start soon? One on my own started last summer. Okay. So let's have a look for that. So what yeah, do I yeah. have to Google to find that? And what has do a bit I of history to it already. What do I Google to find it? Um, just uh, heroic journeys from crisis to transformation. There you go. Podcasts. There we go. And there we go. Anchor.fm, Michael Banks 2. Uh, yeah. So you do it on Anchor. I do it through Anchor. It's also on Apple. It's on... Yes, because Anchor distributes it. That's yeah, Anchor yeah. is what I use for my podcast, which with this this will go on to as well. Oh, okay. So uh, it's a great um, platform, yeah. It's the the photograph is actually I took it when I first came over from the states, and it's a Norfolk beach. It does look like Norfolk, yes. Yeah, and that I'm so ridiculously tech stupid. <laughs> I, I've never got round to, and I don't know how to change the image on the the front. It's very um, easy. Uh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I, I, I will get to it. But okay, so the history of this is that the just I click your picture in the corner where it's got settings, and then you click on update settings. Uh huh. Then you can, because um, I changed mine the other day actually. Then update cover art. Oh, you, I like that. that. And then you can go. Yeah, this is me actually in another of my shows. I just removed the background yeah. by using Canva, and I put this nice. Background. I like it. It's very, it's yeah. very cool. See, I need to do something. I can't have the boat all the time. As much as it's a very, I think it's nice that if you have a face, I think it yeah. tends to get more clicks, more attention. Yeah, that's a good point. Is. 
Yeah. Very good point. Um, yeah, I mean, so let me just tell you very briefly. I, I went on a course with London Real, with Brian Rose. Oh, did you? Broadcast yourself. It's very, very good. Okay. But I can't recommend it too highly. Okay. Uh, so that allowed me to get started. Then what happened, I was part of the course or near the end, it was the official launch. Now, I never officially launched my podcast, this podcast series. I actually smashed my leg. Um, long story, I won't go into it, but it, it, I smashed it. And it went through three phases of, of pain and it was oh, awful. Yeah. And I was basically out of commission for about six months. Uh, so how did you, how, what was the initial accident? How did you? Well, it was the middle of the night uh, and I wasn't oh. even drunk. It was very strange. I was, I didn't, I failed to put the bedside light on. Yeah. I went to the loo and um, on my way back into the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, I fell, I, this, this is going to sound weird. I was, I, well, let me say I fell onto the edge, the corner edge of the bed base, right. which is wooden and hard. Yeah. The angle at which I did it and the, where it actually hit my leg wow. was very, I still to this day can't figure out how I possibly could have done it unless someone had pushed me. Now, obviously, yeah. there's no one in the room. Yeah. I'll leave that an open question. Um, I mean, it's easy, I suppose, when you're, yeah, when you're in the middle of the night, you, when you're half awake, it is easy to just sort of uh, miss, um, miss your step or something like that. Yeah, no, it, I don't have a problem with that. That's no. possible. Uh, it, it's just the angle at which it happened. So it's just one of these random things that could happen to anyone, anytime. Yeah. It's just you're unlucky enough it happened to you. Yeah, and I thought everything was fine until midday yeah. the next morning. I'm sitting there at my desk, I noticed that my leg around just below my kneecap was starting to balloon out. Oh. Uh, and then within half an hour, it was like double the size of my other leg. Wow. And black and... Uh, anyway, it's, it ended up with a venous ulcer, which is... I mean, for day and night, I was on heavy-duty painkillers for wow. weeks, months. Wow. But anyway, it knocked me sideways, so I had yeah. to stop this. Um, and then I got busy January, February, um, so I still haven't officially launched. Um, well, what does it mean to officially? I mean, I don't. I haven't really officially launched my podcast. I just sort of started doing it. So, uh, what? How? How are you going to officially launch it? Um, well, I want to send out um, an, an email. Well, first of all, I'm going to have um, create a website. Yes, you need a web. Well, I um, think well, you need a web. I think you need a website for yourself, don't you? Which could include the podcast. Isn't that make sense? Or? Yeah, it does. Um, because one of the the things that I I'm I'm promoting is Michael Banks. Yeah, the brand Michael Banks. I mean, after I yeah. spent that session with Esther Stanhope, who you know is used to coaching Boris Johnson and people like that. Yes, um, she said you're an absolute natural thank you for your voice. You mm. should be in broadcasting or you should have been. Yeah. And then she said, well, so, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm very happy to be promoting myself as a brand. Yes. But I do need a website for the, for this web, for this uh, podcast series. Yeah. Um, and well, need... well, why do you, okay. So, well, the important thing is that people find out about it. 
isn't it? So because normally people with podcasts, people find out by searching the uh, podcast app. But also these, are you going to do these on video as well in the same, back to our discussion about leadership luminaries? I thought about that um, yeah. originally. My, it was always my intention to do video as well. Yeah. Um, and because, you see, the, going back to your question about the launch, I mean, website, uh, social media presence has to be there. Yeah. Consistently. Um, and an opportunity for people to subscribe and to go to my website, to be directed there. Um, but initially to get the word out to about a thousand people, ideally. Okay. The people on my uh, mailing list or my email contacts list, uh, LinkedIn. Facebook. Oh, so you have got, yes. Yeah, so you have got a sizable contact list. Well, I mean, I don't know how much is you, you're able to <laughs> that is because of GDPR. Yes. Um, but I've got about a thousand followers okay. on LinkedIn or just under. Yeah. I've got Facebook. I don't know how many I've got five or 600 maybe. Okay. Um, you talk about your personal page or do you have a, like a business page on Facebook? I don't have a business page. Oh, you don't. You just I've got, got a kidney. It's got a Facebook page. Okay. And I've got my personal page. Okay. Well, what I recommend is you get a business page for Facebook or uh -huh. you know, Michael Banks, the brand, and also a YouTube channel and then um, uh, possibly also Instagram account. And then, um, because you're recording these the same way on Zoom, are you? So you have the yes. video. Yeah. So then you can just, uh, every one you do, like yeah. I do, you post it onto YouTube and Facebook and you can do it like this is, as Facebook, it's already there on Facebook as we speak. It's actually the, um, live there. So I don't even have to do anything to that. And then, um, then you can also, repost it easily onto LinkedIn because uh, you've got the YouTube link then and also you can put the you know link on Twitter and Instagram and other places if you want so it's all very easy to do and you might as well because you know the more places you get it the better the more absolutely I mean I think yeah. that the the actual uh, well first of all so I hope I'm answering your question about what do you mean launch yes I mean, I mean you know website social media stuff yeah properly done consistently um, yeah. and the branding through that as well. Yes. And, uh, because what my plan is that, I mean, first of all, why did I do this? I mean, I did this. You, you're going to ask me about this series. Yes. I did it because my life has been a series of crises that have transformed me because I've used the suffering and the pain. I mean, kidney thing was one There's others. Well, I can think of three already. Yes. The kidney thing, your leg, and losing all your money. Uh, yeah, I think the leg is a minor one. The, the okay. definitely the losing money, the meltdown. Yeah. Nine eleven. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that. And then there was another one, which was um, the medical miracle when I was 32, which is uh, to do with uh, coming back from Egypt and being in hospital for several weeks, and all they knew is I was dying on a Sunday. And wow. they had to operate to see if they could find out, you know, if they could save me. Wow. And they found out that my appendix had grown into the stomach wall, formed Ooh. an abscess. It all exploded weeks before they opened me up. I should have been dead. They found wow. out a conference about me. Yeah. Doctors from all over Great Britain. The, 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 the topic was, how is Michael Banks still alive? <laughs> no, seriously, it is. But, but there's all sorts of other stuff. So, so Keith, my, the, the reason I did this is because I know what I'm talking about when it's a, 
being in education as well. Yeah. How do you, and, and having a basic philosophy of that you can always find a positive out of every disaster, out of every mm. negative. And the key is to actually become happier and wiser and learn from all those tough times. Yeah. So all my guests on heroic journeys are men and women, not just yeah. in this country, but also others who've been through really challenging, horrible times and have learned from it and then can inspire the listeners yeah. and provide practical advice as well. Yeah. You know, um, cause so if you are, if you're facing a really tough time, wherever it is, I think, it helps to speak to someone who's been through a similar experience because they, they understand what exactly. you've been through a lot better. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, uh, yeah. and I love it. And, and again, going back to the launch, yeah. um, I have this knack of being able to get through to famous people. Yeah. And I will. Okay. I'm not ready yet. And I can't tell you how frustrating it's been. <laughs> There's a bunch of people. I'm going to have really kind of well-known people on who've got followers themselves. Yes. Um, not because their, their crises are any more real and human than you and I, or any yes. folks, but because um, the audience is hopefully going to grow when I've got more sort of well-known people because of their followership. Exactly. Well, this is the, um, well, this is known as the, the dream 100 that you like, you have a list of a hundred people, you know, with big audiences, and then you try and work with them in some way and um, get known to their audience. Oh, I didn't so, know there was such a thing as Dream 100. Yes, it's, it's, it's a strategy. Uh, it's in this book, uh, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. Uh, that's oh. why I first came across it. But uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's um, well, it just makes sense, really, doesn't it? Well, it does. And you know, I've got to tell you, I can tell you publicly, because this is the first time we've been on live streaming. Yeah. Uh, the person from the beginning that I wanted to interview more than anyone who is a classic example of going from crisis to transformation. Yes. Is a sports person. Okay. Yeah. Who was in big trouble two or three years ago in Bristol and who was then a national hero last summer? I don't, I don't I'm not big into sports. All right. Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes. Okay. Ben Stokes. Yes. What an amazing story. It looked so just, like... So for the sake of our listeners, yeah. uh, briefly summarise his story. The story, the story yeah. about Ben Stokes is he was a young uh, England cricketer. Yeah. He had a huge amount of talent and was already doing extremely well. Yes. At two o'clock in the morning, outside a Bristol nightclub, um, he was arrested for grievous bodily harm or something like that. Yeah, I think I remember Punching that, yeah. a guy out and they had it on yeah. video. Yeah, okay. And he was taken to court. Right. And, you know, he was facing a prison sentence and half the nation was saying, you know, disgusting, he should be banned from cricket for life. Right. Et etc. Et In actual fact, there were two young gay guys there who were being uh, abused and uh, persecuted by two guys. Right. And he weighed in on their behalf and okay. punched one of the lights out. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I'm not condoning it. But no. I thought, well, I can understand. Well, good for him. Sure. Well, that bit obviously wasn't on the, on the video. It just showed him punching oh, someone. It, this video footage of him laying yeah, exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so he went from that. And it was, he, he, did, he, was, he was vice captain of England. Cricket. Yeah. That was taken away from him. 
He right. missed the, the the Ashes Tour of Australia, which is the big cricket event in the world. Yeah. Uh, because of his court cases and all the rest. Yeah. And, and while that was being decided, was he going to be put in jail for X years or what? Um, fast forward, he was actually, um, he wasn't convicted. Yeah. Um, fast forward to last year, he, um, England won the 2020 World Cup. Okay. In England. Yeah. And he was the hero. Right. He was like Mr. Captain Incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, and then in a, in a test match against the Australians, he achieved an amazing innings um, where, again, out of this world cricket play. Um, and he, was a, he became a national hero. Okay, so, that there's, okay, so it's, it raises a lot of points, doesn't it? So the crisis, I mean, many, there are many different types of crises he had. In, the one he had was one in terms of his publicity and his reputation. And he faced, because he was a celebrity already, um, everyone just suddenly turned against him. And that's just presumably your, your show, it's not all about reputational crises, it's many different types of crises. But reputation crises can be extremely emotionally painful as well as financially uh, yeah. uh, catastrophic. And in that case, he turned, I mean, and some, and with some people, something like that just destroyed their reputation for life and they never, ever come back. But I suppose the point is, don't let yourself be demoralised. Just sort of carry on and plough through it. And maybe, you know, people are quite fickle. They sort of forget, don't they? And then they, as long as you do something good again, then they're happy to have you on there. Oh, well, they might start feeling sorry for you as well, if, if it's a bit overdone. Yeah, I think there's, uh, there has to be... Uh, I think the, the vast majority of people, given the opportunity, uh, believe in, will forgive... And believe yeah, yeah. in the concept of re redemption. Yeah, well, I certainly do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I do too. I yeah. mean, the concept of redemption is people need an opportunity to be redeemed. Yeah. And if they're going to repeat offend, well, then they're, they're stupid and they deserve what they get. But in well, his but then they could also redeem themselves after that. Because there's always a chance. Yeah, there's 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 always that. Yeah. But but I definitely think that. Uh, you know, in, in Ben's case, he, um, he, he has good values. Yeah. And in the moment, he wasn't able to, and this is where one of the things you've not even mentioned, I haven't either, is I'm an expert in emotional intelligence. Okay. And so what was very important for him at that moment, probably fueled by some alcohol as well, yes. he didn't manage his extreme sense of anger at seeing these two gay guys being persecuted. Yeah. He didn't manage it. He didn't yeah. show the, the emotional intelligence skill yes. to deal with it appropriately. Okay. So the phrase um, emotional intelligence, I think that was popularized by Daniel Goldman, wasn't it, in his book of the same name? Yeah, and I know I, I knew him. He, I'm in his second book. I'm quoted. Oh, are you? Because yeah. I, I met him once at a book site. I bought his. He wrote. I went to see the Dalai Lama speak at the O2, ah, and Daniel yeah. Goldman was like emceeing it, and uh, yeah. the Dalai Lama referred to him as his friend. And Daniel yeah. Goldman had a book signing afterwards, so I went out and, and bought his book. And that's uh, great because he, yeah. he actually co-wrote a book with the Dalai Lama, I think. That's right. Well, A Force for Good was his book about the Dalai Lama. So maybe oh, that's, that's exactly one of this. Because he's into, well, he's obviously got a very spiritual side, but also he's into science, isn't he? And also he's a journalist as well. So, yeah. uh, 
that's how he's well it's very very interesting because well a couple of things i was teaching emotional intelligence 10 years before he brought out his first book oh really okay so it was the thing it was already a concept before he wrote a book it wasn't called emotional intelligence no okay but the actual principles of emotional intelligence in communication yes between people i was teaching those and that's a whole other story that's because i had a mentor i mentioned him earlier robert daubeny who actually taught me and others about what goes on the difference between responding and reacting which yes. is essentially the core of emotional intelligence. Yes, uh, reacting and responding, yes. Yeah, and responding is when you choose yes. how you're going to communicate. Yes. And reacting is when you're out of control. You're a victim of your feelings. And I think it's also to do with how the brain developed, because you say like crocodile brain or reptile brain, which is very <laughs> instinctive and reactive. Flies or flies. the first part, and then as as humans we've got these frontal lobes which gave yeah. us the ability to reflect and uh the time and work. yeah but as you say most of us tend to be quite reactive most of the time yeah absolutely so and in emotional intelligence so anyway i mean i've been i've been teaching it you know, 35 years and there's these tests they do on kids aren't they they say look you can have one sweet now but if you don't eat it you know five minutes later you can have another sweet and when they're below a certain age, they always have the sweet now, but then as they get older, they realize ah, that delayed gratification. Yeah, they go for the two. I'm sweet. a great believer in that. I think. Well, yes, but some you can take it too far that you spend your whole life working in a job that you hate or sort of dreaming of your retirement or something like that. So. I think I don't, I'm not sure if that's delayed gratification. <laughs> good point, Keith. I don't know if it's delayed gratification, it's, no. it's forced delayed gratification. Yeah. Okay. self-enforced i mean my dad was like that he, he worked for the civil service the inland revenue for years okay house and he would take the train every day and come back on the train and he was a really bright guy mm. but in those days you didn't get promoted um only well you only got promoted according to your age yeah so they had to he had to wait until one guy at the top <laughs> died literally yes put someone up and he'd but he was very frustrated. And well, he, he only got a life when he retired at 55. Yeah. You know, prior to that, he was a miserable. And there's a lot of people in that same situation. Yeah. So we're coming up to the hour. So, um, so you know, supposing Ben Stokes is watching this and he wants to be on your show or other people who've had some kind of heroic journey from some kind of crisis or anyone really wants to contact you, how should they do that? Sure. Um, well, probably the best way to do that is my email address. Okay. Um, and do people give out their phone numbers, their cell phone numbers? Well, I've already gave, given it out because you've put it on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> okay. <So laughs> Fair enough. I don't, I don't put my, actually, I don't put my phone number on my LinkedIn profile. And if I did, I've got a call answering service. So ah. I, put, I put that on it. Uh, so it's maybe I should reconsider in this day and age. I would, yeah. I mean, but, uh, uh, it's good to have like, a level of privacy to protect. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. Because uh, they can also contact you via this, can't they? Via Anchor, can't they? Leave a review on there. I mean, you will have a website soon, anyway, won't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about if they can leave something on Anchor. They might be able to do. Because I, I know they, they can leave like reviews or audio reviews and so on. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think one person did that originally. Message. Yeah, look, see that? Oh, are you not? Oh, I haven't shared my screen. No, that's all right. So, um, 
I'll just share my screen. Well, they well obviously well they can they can uh, they can go into oh, heroic, heroic journeys from crisis transformations uh, on your anchor.fm page. There's a thing there they can message you. Oh, okay. And also, an anchor.fm wants to use your microphone, <laughs> so <laughs> I could actually leave a voice message for you. I think that's the idea. Or they could go to um, people smart. your page. Well, they could go to people smart. LinkedIn. Or they could go to if they're on LinkedIn, they could go there and message you there, or they could uh, go onto the People Smart page and presumably find your consultant profile there. Actually, I'm not sure if it has my email address, but good. No. Why don't I just say my yeah, go on personal email address? It's very simple: michaelbanks7 at gmail.com. So that's one word: m i c h a e l b a n k s, the number seven. Yeah, g- gmail.com. Okay. So LinkedIn, my personal homepage, uh, g- michaelmangasoda.gmail.com. And your podcast. And your podcast as well. FM pages, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I've always been wonderful having you on the show. And um, <laughs> hopefully you'll come back at some point in the future and we'll talk about, you know, the amazing, um, you know, all these incredible people you've got on your podcast and your new website and social media presence and how you're helping Lots of people develop more emotional intelligence, which I think is much uh, needed in our society. Well, thanks, uh, Keith. And very quickly, I know we're wrapping up, but thanks for the tips that you've given me. Already. Okay. Some, yeah. Uh, two or three really good tips. Yeah. And, uh, also, one more thing is that I'm a, once I do the official launch that we were talking about of, of my podcast series, Heroic Journeys, yes. I'm actually going to then invite people to uh, workshops. Okay. All right. Because that'll be the combination of me as a facilitator, workshop leader, coach. Yes. Uh, and I'll be sending out details about that uh, down the road. Yeah, so yeah, rather than working one-to-one, it makes sense to work one-to-many because obviously it's a lot more affordable for people and you can reach a lot more people and so on. It's also more fun. Yeah. I mean, because I, I really like to have the interaction. I love working with groups. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I believe that we have collective wisdom in a group. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you can also. So these are going to be physical uh, groups rather than Zoom groups, or maybe could both. be either. Could be could either. either yeah. I mean, if they're international, it, it might be Zoom, uh, or if you know, depending on the circumstances of travel. Yes, but ideally in person, like London, Paris, whatever. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right then. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate it. Thank okay. You. See you, Michael. Bye. Cheers.